The opinions expressed on the ACB Media Network are those of the respective program contributors and cannot be assumed to serve as endorsements of products or views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. <coughs> Okay, so this is the continuing education unit codes that will read one five-digit number at the beginning of the meeting and another one at the end of the meeting. And I will re repeat each number twice, 88763, 88763. Thank you. Good afternoon, everybody. My name is Pam Shaw. And I am here on behalf of ACB Women to work on and talk about a very critical topic in our world today. I am joined by um, Debbie Green. Hi, Debbie. Hi, Pam. Welcome to this workshop presented on behalf of ACB Women. There's always much for us to talk about, and I think every year there's something new, something different, but that's why we want to keep up. And we also recognize that in our world there is a unique way that things tend to happen. That's because we are women who are blind, and we are also women who have low vision. I just want to say you might not be familiar with the term compassion fatigue, but you probably recognize the idea behind it. It's the feeling that you have no more time to do anything, especially take care of yourself. And this is why it's so critical, because if we don't take care of ourselves, we're not fit to take care of anybody else, and it might cause actually more suffering. Remember, as, and, and we still are in, I think, kind of a pandemic mode uh, where we're getting this news 24 hours a day and some of us are just working so hard to keep things up, to relieve the suffering that we see around the world. And frankly, we are all at risk of developing what we do refer to as compassion fatigue. Originally, there wasn't compassion fatigue, but what you would hear would be burnout. And they have two actually different sources, but a lot of the things are similar, but especially when it comes to women, they are not. Now, um, some people will tell you that burnout primarily came through helping professionals, those who were on the front line. And so they saw it more as a job-related issue. But then we began to see it show up in terms of um, our home lives our emotional lives, our psychological lives. And that's why we thought it would be good to talk about this thing known as compassion fatigue. Deb, uh, would you want to take up with the definition or do you want me to keep going? I think there is a distinction. Burnout maybe has more to do with scheduling, overloading, overcommitting, uh, which all is part of compassion fatigue. But I think the the emotional component is is a little heavier with the compassion fatigue side of it. Yeah, and people used to actually think that before compassion fatigue would actually strike, uh, more likely to strike healthcare workers, um, you know, first responders, law enforcement officials, and and also at home caregivers. But what we begin to see now is that even in the professions, we will see people who don't do any of that, but yet they're still showing up 
with this this thing called compassion fatigue, just giving you a foundation before giving you um, a definition. Because what I will tell you is that when these things come up and they're somewhat new, we're, we'll hear so many different things about it that we have a little trouble saying, okay, which is it? What is it? And so um, you may want to, once we give you a definition, we may give you something that you say, okay, well, I'll fit that thing a little bit more for me. But one of the things we are going to focus on is once we learn a little bit about it, we're going to work on the only known cure. So that's why we're doing it that way. Deb, do you have the warning signs for compassion fatigue? Stay with me because then the definition will make sense. Sure. Okay, uh, let me go through a couple here, and you can you can add to them, of course. I think a feeling of being overwhelmed is a big part of it, uh, where you're just not sure, you have difficulty making decisions, unclear about priorities, what's what needs to happen next, what's the most important thing. Uh, sometimes it can interfere with our sleeping uh, because our minds just won't quit irritability, impatience with people around us, and even in scenarios where we normally aren't impatient, finding ourselves snapping uh, at people that we care about when we don't really want to be doing that, some of the, some of the symptoms. Thanks. Mm-hmm. It's interesting here because one thing I like people to think about is compassion fatigue is similar to burnout. Now, everybody doesn't agree on the same thing, but I'm giving you the current stuff. But burnout usually, underline usually, stems from having too much work or too many responsibilities. Compassion fatigue, on the other hand, comes from helping others. You want to keep helping, but you're overwhelmed from being exposed to what some people call the trauma of others, secondary trauma stress. So if a friend of yours is being stressed out by something, I had a friend who recently um, had a miscarriage, and it's easy because of what she's going through and you care about her and you want to help her to find your own stress. And although the trauma didn't hit you per se directly, gee, do you really feel it? You know, and yes, you do. Think about this. Like burnout, compassion fatigue is a process. It takes time to develop. So you might not wake up tomorrow morning and just say, oh, I'm in the middle of compassion fatigue. But over a period of time, you start feeling that little overwhelm. And when you thought, think about being around that friend, you, you're not as happy as you once were there. And, and it's just that kind of Oh, no, no, week after week and pile on after pile on. That's why we say it's more of a process than something that strikes immediately. Okay, and as we said, it builds up and it builds up to a point where you start to not care about yourself. Okay, to stop caring about yourself the way you look, the way you used to. And you can end up. You know, it's interesting. You can end up overusing your compassion skills and and your reserves, so you no longer have much to provide. And that can often be a struggle, too. You're giving it what you got. But, oh, my goodness, 
is it starting to be a problem? So what I'm going to ask you to do, we're going to start in um, our in-person site first, and then we'll do the same thing with Zoom. So all I want you to do is think of one responsibility that you have, just one, just one, and we want you to share it. So you would say something like, mine is I am an aunt of um, 39 nieces and nephews. Wow. Somebody got one, a role you play? Let's start with our in-person folks first. What are some of the roles you have? Mom of two teenagers, which is pretty overwhelming some days. Thank you. Okay. I am an instructor that works with um, 70 plus year old clients uh, very often. And also um, my parents are aging and helping them a lot. Mm, double role. Okay. Anybody else? I am a daughter of a dad who's getting older and doesn't necessarily care for himself as much as he could could because he's trying okay. to take hi this is donna and um hi <laughs> am. um i am the daughter of uh two parents who are in their mid to late 80s mm. and they are aging and just to be a support to them to be a support to my brother and sister um, things are changing in our family, and it's. I am the daughter of aging parents as well. It seems like we have that in common in here. Yeah, a lot of daughters and people who are caregivers, no matter how you are, you're that person. I got gotcha. you. I am a member on an advocacy committee and a secretary of a chapter. I am here in California, and I am a uh, president of a chapter and an affiliate. I sit on the state board and I have four children, two grandchildren. And I, uh, I'm the one people kind of go to even the friends of my kids and for advice, mm -hmm. that kind of mm -hmm. thing. Hi, I'm Ava. I am the daughter of um, aging parents as well. I am a full-time employee that works 60 hours a week and um, supporting a cancer patient um, and treasurer of a affiliate. I have a mother who's 92 in assisted living and a husband of 52 years um, of marriage who is in a rapid decline. And I have been his caregiver since 2016. Second vice president of the Michigan Council of the Blind and Visually Impaired Affiliate. I deliver ship and Purchase groceries, non-perishables, personal care items for friends, as well as being slated for BRL and state boards and elected chapter. Thank you. I am a mother of two adult children, one grandson, a member on the National Board State Board, and the president of the Jacksonville Council of Blind and a community advocate. My husband has uh, dementia. He's in a memory care mm -hmm. facility, but uh, I still visit him frequently and uh, do all of his uh, care needs, uh, like mm -hmm. supplying things and um, keeping in touch with the facility. Uh, and he's cognitively declining rapidly. Thank you. And thank you for sharing that with us. 
my name is my name is Nancy, and I, I have a I've come a long wife to someone who has some dementia. I take care of the household mm-hmm. expenses. I, I I take care of the medical appointments. I manage his account, and I, you know, I I, I do just about everything. And I'm very stressed out. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that, Nancy. Thank you so much. Hi, everyone. My name is Viola. I am the vice president of our chapter, and I also take care of our house while my husband goes to work. So I do all the appointments and scheduling and paying the bills, all that kind of thing. Thank you so much. Well, ladies, well, sisters, I hope you realize that just by hearing all that, and for some of you just by getting it out, do you realize what you are doing for many of you on a day-to-day basis? And, and you know, again, I am touched and moved by what you're doing with your life. And by the way, I didn't realize or I didn't sort of remember that we would get this listing of even what you're doing as a member of the American Council of the Blind, let alone what you're doing in your personal lives. And it's a lot. It's a lot. Don't I know, I know, I know. We want people to think, well, you know, it's just what I do and it's just how I live. But what you're living with is a whole lot. And I think you would agree that that, that being said, there's a lot of pressure on you too. And when we start doing that kind of thing, it's like, ah, oh, well, okay, but I've got a list here. And um, I'm going to write down everything I need to do. And some of you, you are the last on the list if you make it on the list at all. And that's something to consider as we look at compassion fatigue. Now, Debbie did a great job of the, um, of you know, some of the symptoms that you need to be prepared for. And, Deb, what I'm going to do is read it again, um, not to take away from but to add to. And, sisters, what I want you to do as I'm reading that list, as I'm reading, A, if you can and if you choose to, I want you to just kind of close your eyes. How we're going to start is just with a couple of deep breaths because recognizing all that you do in a day or a week or sometimes what you're doing in an hour, this time to just stop and take that deep breath that gives you a moment to say wow to yourself. So let's try it. Feeling physical, psychological, and emotional exhaustion. Take a breath. Feeling helpless, hopeless, powerless. Ah, another deep breath. Feeling irritable, angry, sad, or just numb. Whew. Theories of, of being detached or having decreased pleasure in activities. Some of you might be saying, who's got time for activities with all, with all I'm doing? Wow. So we're taking these deep breaths as a way to get in touch with the many, many things that we do. You know, you know that if, as you are working with your parents and meeting their needs, Wow. What about sometimes when you just wish you could just go to sleep? 
I don't know about you, but I like going to sleep. So that's another thing. Why would we take these deep breaths? Why why would we stop? Because let's be clear, sometimes we don't want to do these lists because that might make me really realize what I'm doing and what I must be really struggling with in a day-to-day. And here's the real key about compassion fatigue. Many of our friends can tell us when we're not doing very well, when we seem to be overtired but nobody knows it like we do. And unfortunately, if you have a person like me, I will actually deny it, okay? I, I, I really will. I will say, oh, no, I'm doing good. I just, you know, missed the hairdresser appointment or forgot to get the nails done or something like that. That's how we will usually respond when we are experiencing compassion fatigue. Remember, compassion fatigue comes out of helping each other. So it's a little bit different than just the ideas of roles and responsibilities. And many of us, what we do, I don't know about you, but I do this sometimes, I think I'm more upset about other people's problems than I am in mine, okay, you know, because I just I just care so much, okay. How about a few more deep breaths? How about blaming yourself and having thoughts of not having done enough, not having done enough to help people who are suffering, whether that's our own friends and family and people like that, we can start feeling, well, if I could do more, if I could do this. I talk to people sometimes, and one of the hardest ones I find, to just give you an example, is people who feel bad that they can't take uh, their parent or loved one into their own home. Okay, and they just feel, well, I should do more. I'm not doing what I'm supposed to do. That's an example. Ooh, a decrease, a, de- a decreased sense of personal and professional accomplishment. Ha ha, no matter what you do, it's not enough. A change in your worldview or even your spirituality. Yeah. And then how about this one? Physical symptoms, including appetite and sleep disturbance, nausea and dizziness. Isn't it interesting with all these things that you're still trying to do that here come some things that that make you stop and think? And the reason they make me stop and think is because I don't want to think about them. I used to be afraid when I was a caregiver for my mom that if I stopped and admitted that I was tired, I couldn't do anything else because at that point I would just be saying, it's over, you know, she's going to have to go into a home. I can't do anything more for that. Deb, comments on that? No, I think that's all. That's all exactly right. I think acknowledging those things, like like you said, mm-hmm. is kind of the first step, and we're, and we're going to move into some solutions here. But I think being honest uh, with ourselves, first and foremost, uh, is, mm-hmm. is essential uh, for us to mm-hmm. know where to go from here. Because it is it is very uh, natural, normal as for caregivers, and maybe for women especially, to, to mm-hmm. want to give to want to pour into other people's lives we care mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. And we want to care for people and and sometimes mm-hmm. what we need what we uh, our needs are kind of get put on the back burner but if we don't maintain our own um mental health or emotional well-being or keep our cup mm-hmm. full if you will you know mm. we're, we're not going to be all that we really want to be for the people around us. Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. And it's weird because for us, 
how could I say it? We're shoved into the positions. I mean, if you're the mom, you got the work to do. Okay, and even in society, there are certain things that are expectations of each of us. And so sometimes it isn't just about not that I don't want to do it, but I want to help me, too. Okay, sisters, um, are you ready for the one and only solution to compassion fatigue? Okay, here it goes. It's called self-care. That is the real solution to compassion fatigue. So, you know, you don't have to jump up, run around, do a fancy dance, anything like that. This is compassion, the answer to compassion fatigue. And the interesting thing about it, I'm tell you from the jump street, it is the thing that you must do for yourself. I'm not saying that others can't help you or be part of the process, but when it comes down to it, you're going to have to make the decision that this is my life, that frankly I'm not going to be able to help anybody unless I help myself. I think everybody here has heard the um, the airplane commercial about, you know, if the oxygen comes down, you should put the uh, mask on yourself before you try to put it on somebody else. That's a principle of compassion fatigue. So while I have you and Debbie has you for a few minutes, we're going to kind of do – um, even if you don't write it down, what your own self-care plan could look like. But before we do that, we're not going to assume that you don't have one. So does anybody here have a self-care plan or something you do specifically designed for self-care? We'll start with, uh, this time we'll go with Zoom, and then we'll come back to the in-person, to the meeting room. Okay, here I am. Um, I was <laughs> planning to come to Schomburg as my my run away from home for a week and see friends <laughs> and revitalize. It didn't work because in the effort to get ready to go and put everything in place for my husband's care, I wore myself down so far. My stomach said, no, you're not doing anything on Wednesday and shot me down. I am still nauseous. Mm. And so my roommate also got sick because she'd been away at a conference for her work and she really okay. pushed herself to the limit. So we both ended up not being able to go. And oh. what I did was call her up and say, look, when we both can keep anything down and we can, <laughs> you know, we can do something just for us let's go get a pedicure because it's summer and we've got oh. sandals to wear and oh. so we made that deal and that's what I have to do is make dates for myself to do something that's mm. just for me and also at the same time help my friend by not feeling such a like like she let me down and I'm going no we <laughs> our bodies both said enough is enough you had someone right there with you to go through that uh -huh. that, that's part of it too you know that that whole thing about what life does because I don't know about you but I don't get to control life you, you know that kind of thing okay anybody else what do you do for self-care right now so this is Christy in Highland California and I do online therapy, and this is basically my, my ongoing protect yourself care. Develop the tools in your toolkit. Guard your sleep. 
have a twilight hour and a model morning routine. Is this what you do for your self-care? You bet I do. Okay, go ahead then. Okay, thank you. Yeah. Go ahead, I'm sorry. so, So have a twilight hour, have a model morning, have time that you meditate or stay in the word or whatever it is that you do. Um, mm-hmm. eat foods that are healthy. I'm right now having trouble with um, emotional eating. So what's behind that? Um, you know, we need to delve deeply into what's going on in our lives that is allowing that behavior to happen. I get to instead of I have to, I choose and those, those are some of the things that I do. Thank you. Well, thank you very, very much for sharing. I was careful on that simply because um, sometimes we think we're doing something and we're not doing it. Okay, anybody else has a current something that you do for self-care that you consider doing for self-care? I um, make sure that for my self-care, no matter what is going on in my life, I made a promise mm-hmm. to myself that I will each month have a facial, have a manicure and a pedicure, and a massage. Mm-hmm. And I decided this um, several years ago when I was still working, and I needed mm-hmm. it for stress reduction, and now I just need it uh, just to take care of myself and to feel good. So those are some mm-hmm. of the things I do. I need to take some of you home with me, okay? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Mine doesn't look nearly as good as yours does, but thank you for sharing that. Okay. Um, this is Melissa in Burien, Washington, and what I have done, especially here lately, now that I'm not working at this point and I have a lot more time to myself, mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. I, when I take a shower... I don't just rush to get my hair washed or to wash myself or whatever. I really take my time and do those things. And what I have discovered from doing that is that it really um, quenches your spirit and all those Mm. things. But it, but what I've noticed is that it just makes me feel like I don't have anything to stress over myself about. It's kind of a distressor and it's a massage for me uh-huh. um, because I, I don't have insurance. So I can't professionally go and get a massage done right now, but I find the mm-hmm. shower is kind of helping with that because I do have rods in my back. So I noticed that mm-hmm. if I just stay in the shower and just let it do its thing. Oh my mm-hmm. gosh, that feels so good. So, yeah. Yeah, wow. That's right. wow. You know so, what? I like that one you. because um, lots of times when we start talking about care plans, people see, start thinking of only what you do that requires you to spend money. You, you know right, what I'm saying? Right. Mm-hmm. And you can have an excellent care plan, I say, on a budget. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Amen. <laughs> Thank you, Pam. Um, this is Deb. Um, one of the things I do is at least one hour a day read a mystery novel um, to mm. just kind of simmer down and let myself relax. Gotcha. Especially a mystery. <laughs> I have a habit. I read the end of the book first and then decide if I want to read it. So I'll do better. So I have created a routine for myself so that I'm able to get up in the morning because I'm not a morning person. So this routine has seemed to work for me. And it's making it much easier for me to get up. I get up when my alarm's Get me up instead of keep pushing that snooze button. Then also on Friday, 
I give myself several hours to just hang out with my friends and play Dice World. That's what I do for me. Mm-hmm. All right. I like um, I uh, got this idea out of one of Rachel Hollis's books, and it's called The Five to Thrive, and I do some of these. There's one of them that I struggle with. So um, the one that I love doing and that I strive to do every single day is I get up one hour earlier than the rest of my household. That one hour is devoted to me. That is my prayer time, my scripture time, it's meditation time, it's quiet time, it's my coffee time. When I don't get that in, it is like medication. It's like mm-hmm. when you you have someone that needs their medication. When you don't have your medication, what happens? Everything in your body goes haywire. When I don't have my one hour in the morning, everything about my day is, is extremely um, haywire. And the other thing that I do that I neglect is um, we need to drink water. We need to exercise because mm-hmm. we're getting we're we're getting tired as women. We're getting tired, and we are the ones that, in some cases, we are the the fuel of our households because some of us are moms and wives, and and mm-hmm. some of us are caretakers. So we've got to make sure that, like Pam said, put the oxygen mask on ourselves first and that means keeping yourself hydrated and um keeping your yourself in you know the best shape possible i'm sitting next to leslie so i'm endorsing her in the community <laughs> so those are my tips Pam, it's yeah. leslie so my self-care every morning i have treadmills and ellipticals in my dining room because i own my own gym so i go to my dining room which is my workout room and I am on my treadmill elliptical, you know, doing my self-care mm-hmm. every morning. So that is my time because I do train other people throughout the day um, mm-hmm. in Zoom. And and I have eight ladies that still come to my house um, that, mm-hmm. that take classes from me every day. So which which they're like, we're going to miss you. <laughs> so I've, I've given them the things to do while I'm gone. So Mm -hmm. that is my self-care and it's, you know, and it may not be exercise for everybody. Like Amanda was saying, it's prayer or it's hydration Mm -hmm, or it's good mm -hmm. nutrition or it's, it's the sleep. So it's, it's the time you take for yourself, whatever it is for you. Mm -hmm. Thank you. So my name is Terry Lynn. And um, for me, self-care is um, my daily affirmations, right? So when I was younger, um, the mistake I made is my dependence on other people to give you that affirmation, your husband, your boyfriend, your mother, your father, but you actually mm-hmm. can do your own self-affirmations and to make sure those are positive because you're actually communicating with yourself the entire day and what you say verbally and in your mind makes a difference for your self-care. And I also um, read or listen to an audio book every day for at least half an hour that um, helps me to do self-improvement, but also gives me time away from um, working with physical people all the time. You know, you can just sit and think and understand for that half an hour. Hi, Pam. This is Haley. Um, So I'm the mom of two teenagers, but I also have a husband who has MS 
and I chair the mm -hmm. WCB Families Committee um, in our state of Washington. Are the you know I work with a lot of parents of blind children, so um, mm -hmm. being an empath, I can take a lot of that on <laughs> easily. Um, and for me, I realize not everyone is going to be blessed enough to, to do this, but I just created a healing garden in my house, in my, in my garden. And so the reason for that was that I had a place to go to, a place where I can like, for, like fill all five senses, right? So for me, mm -hmm, it's, mm -hmm. or, or four, maybe let's say, right? But it's a place where I have a water feature. So I get to hear that. It's a place that I'm out in nature. I get to feel the wind. Um, I have mm -hmm. all of the flowers planted in that garden are fragrant flowers. So I have that sense, that smell. And I have things out there that are important to me that I can touch. Um, I have roses mm -hmm. planted in that area that are in memory of children that I've lost and guide dogs I've lost. And it's a very mm -hmm. special place for me to go and just process, cry, scream, just relax, read, whatever. Mm -hmm. um, and, and it doesn't have to look that big and extravagant for everyone. You know, it can be an, an armchair in your living room, right? But surrounding yourself you? by yeah. things that help you to um, come back to present, to come back to a place of gratitude is what's always helpful to me. Thank you. Um, this is Nikki Kobe, and for me, self-care looks a lot um, like using my essential oils, taking some time mm. to do some deep breathing, um, just, you know, relaxation skills. But also, um, I, I, I started just taking a fidget with me so that when I am anxious, I have something to calm me down, and I stopped apologizing for it. Well, okay, I'm trying to stop apologizing for it. I got But you. I try to have I a fidget you. with me, something, you know, have something to remind me, something to ground me. Hi, this is Jessica. Um, I like uh, long walks in nature. I like to go to the beach and swim. Mm. I like to play the piano. I like uh, to listen to good music. I like a nice, long, luxurious bubble bath. So those are some things that I do. Thank you, Jessica. I like to relax with reading, reading a book, or listening to this music, or just like take a nap. So just anything that kind of helps mm -hmm. me down or helps me like helps me relax at the end of the day. So. Mhm. Mm Love it. Okay. What I do is in the morning I've started praying the litany of trust, which okay. helps me start the day because I tend to stay on the negative side i'm trying not to do that and of course read a good book and um listen to music or pet my cats my cats are real important to me and they help me calm down okay what i said earlier um was that i'm president of a local chapter secretary of a state chapter and i am also the main source of support for about six blind women who are friends of mine that have no family support and we're all in our 70s uh, and late 60s what i do is um there are some people that i feel i can go to when i'm feeling overwhelmed and i will say to these individuals and some of them are people that i am emotionally supported supporting is i will say um I need uh, to fill my cup. 
I need to be able to talk about how I'm feeling. I can't do that with everybody, mm -hmm. but I can do that with one or two people. And that helps a lot. And I do a lot of prayer and uh, sing in my choir church. So that helps. That's great. Okay, thank you. I, I have to learn. I've been saying no. <laughs> Self-care. Yay! <laughs> saying no sometimes. I really like to craft and bake. So I'll make an art project because um, crafting calms me down or I'll bake cookies for someone. I, I don't want to eat them. I just want to make them. And the big thing right now that's been helping me with self-care is I go in my pool and I float. I love floating. Oh. It, it just calms me down and I can just feel the sun on my face. Well, I try to do it when it's dark because it's hot in Florida. Um, so yeah, so crafting and swimming and floating, it really helps in saying no. What, what do I do for my self-care is in the morning, I get on my QB and while I'm pedaling, I watch every living everyday life with Joyce Myers. And mm. then I... Um, Sometimes I'll put on some ocean sounds. I love the beach, mm -hmm. even though it's difficult for me to get to the beach. And I just meditate and I can actually even smell the salt air and know that I'm laying on the beach and maybe getting in the water. Yeah. <clears throat> the other thing is mm -hmm. on my Lady A every day, I listen to Power Aff Affirmation and then I tape it on my mm -hmm. Victor stream and I pay play it throughout the day. Like yesterday when I had a very, very oh, difficult yeah. day. And the last mm -hmm. thing is mm -hmm. I've joined a women's support group at the senior center. I'm the only blind mm. person, but it has helped a little bit to know that other people have mm -hmm. other issues besides me. Hi, this is Nancy Younger again. And I, I love to laugh. <laughs> I, I, I have all kinds of reasons to laugh, like talking to friends, mm -hmm. listening to, and I also like to read. I like to envi envision, you know, all kinds of nice scenarios. I, I have a playlist with Alexa for three or 400 songs. I, I, I like to talk and visit with friends. Uh, sometimes I, I like to have to leave my friend with a caregiver and go someplace and kind of escape mm -hmm. the situation for a while. But I, I laughter you. is one of the best things and I'm, I'm hope, trying to avoid counseling. You know, okay. Um, I, okay. I, I need to join Thank a support you. group. Thank you very mm -hmm. much. I have been a neuropsychologist since 1986. So I have a quite an arsenal of self-care skills, which I'm not going to say here. Many of them have been spoken right. already. But what I will say is one of the things that I've had to do and people I've had to work with do is recognize that we do have a choice on this and say, I'm not stuck with this. I can do something about it. Because if you if you feel like you can't, by saying you're stuck, you're not giving yourself permission to even explore the option of self-care and when you feel stuck, I don't know about you, but most people I know, when they feel trapped, whatever stress they're undergoing feels that much worse. So get rid of that first by saying, Thank I'm you. not stuck. I have a choice. Thank Good. you very much. Thank Good you point. for that encouragement. Okay. Dark chocolate. I keep a stash of dark chocolate up in a cupboard and um, I take out one square and um, reward myself when I'm when I need a pick me up because I've still got a lot of things to get through before bedtime. So a cup of tea and dark chocolate gets me yeah. up and moving again. I also last year um, <laughs> lost my German Shepherd guide dog. Um, mm -hmm. He died very suddenly, and okay. I went to 
replace him in June. So that was my adventure away from home last year for a week. And it was strenuous, but I brought home what I call my sunshine on a leash because he's so full of joy. He wakes up joyful anytime I pick up the harness and say, I'm mm -hmm. just going to go for a walk for half an hour mm -hmm. um, because my dog needs the work. And I'm not saying, because if I don't, I'm going to throw something at you. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks for sharing that. I go you. for a brisk walk and um, he wags his way all, all the way through it. He doesn't care if we do the same route time after time. He's just glad to be with me and out there doing things. Okay. So he brings me joy every day. He makes me smile. Good. Thank you, Deanna. Thank you. The things that I like to do for self-care is meditate, music, be intentional about my time and my boundaries, and mm -hmm. um, having, a, having a person of accountability, someone that I know that um, knows me well enough and knows when I'm reaching my limits that I can talk to and bounce things off of is very important mm -hmm. um, in that self-care process. I like and it. I date myself. I date myself. I, I, I plan a time <laughs> that I can just, this is, you know, once a month or I once like a that. week, however I can get it in, I date myself. Uh -huh. And that is a good self Thank you so much. Thank you, everybody. Um, Debbie? Yes. Debbie? Yes. I got a problem. What? Um, everything I had to present, they already said it. I know. It's amazing. <laughs> I mean, oh. it is fantastic. You yes. guys did just wonderful and so many things. I have an idea. I won't say much about it now, but it just has come across me as I was listening to um, this is we ACB women maybe want to think about a way, a project, I'll talk to you about it, called Shared Wisdom. We have so much to share with each other. I picked up things today I never even thought about because all I was going to say was make sure that you write it down, make sure that you're intentional, make sure it's a you first. I had a couple of things down there, but you said them, and you said them so beautiful, um, beautifully. Um, you know, now I can have dark chocolate and tea and bake something, you, you know, there's just so many things that you talked about. And even especially for me, because I'm neglectful of this, is the physical. And I love hearing Leslie say that, hey, the workout room can be in the dining room. Yay. Because I was yep. thinking, how could I do that? Yeah. Any things they brought to you, De Deb, that made you think today? I just mentioned two things. It, they already came up, but I, I think we need to be sure that we give ourselves permission to say no. Um, mm -hmm. when, when, we're, when we're asked to do something, I think it's it's a good idea to not respond immediately, um, but to mm -hmm. say, give, give me a minute. Uh, can I get back with you on that tomorrow? Or if you mm -hmm. if you are, if you pray about things to say, let me pray about that. But, but then be able to say um, you know, I don't, I don't think it's going to fit in my schedule right now. I can do this part of it, or I could do it next week. But but know that you can say you can say no in a kind, gracious way, uh, and make it okay. fit into what, what you can do. The other thing that doing something that is creative, and that that came up a couple times. But I think there's yeah, crafts and yeah. yeah. Someone uh, mentioned like liking to cook or 
Uh, I'm I'm a knitter, you know, the, and and singing, mm-hmm. uh, doing something that you create does a lot to restore your energy and feel. You got your- it. Thank you. Thank you. I'll tell you something. My coach told me, learn how to say no, but if the right guy asks you, say yes and say it quick. So it depends (laughs) on the circumstances to what you're going to do. It it amazes me how we came together. And one thing I want to say to you is that you were extremely transparent. And that's always an important part of what we do. And that's what we do as ACB women for each other because I've – I know that there are women who are sitting around now saying, I can't, it's not possible, I don't deserve, it's too hard, it's too expensive. And you were throwing some stuff right out of the window. So um, before we turn it back over to Travis for that ending code, um, I'm a person I believe in honor, so if you will just give me a few seconds to honor you today. Um, First and foremost, I want to honor Travis, who served as our host. I want to, I think that was Chanel who was doing our streaming. Was that Chanel? Yes. Okay. We want to honor her. We want to honor all of you who were so patient with the technical difficulties. We want to honor um, Swasa who got right in there and and helped us out. And I want to honor Debbie who shares as the uh, co-chair of our Mental Health and Wellness Committee We're getting it rolling, and when it starts rolling, it's going to be like a steamroller. And I want to honor again each of you, real honor. You showed up, you participated, you gave, and prayerfully you got. Um, You helped somebody today, even if you don't know who that person is. I guarantee you, you helped somebody today. So for me to you is a lot of honor and a lots of love, and thank you, ACB women, all of you, which is really all of us, see, you know, for what we were able to accomplish today. So having said that, Travis has the ending codes uh, for the continuing education, right? And I do we- indeed. I will repeat this five-digit code twice and only twice. Five, five, one, zero, two. Five, five, one, zero two okay grace and peace everybody you know i love you let's continue to stay together through our community calls and all the things that we do and again together we can do it love you guys take care